to Fresh Fire Church. Today's message from Pastor Adam, recorded live at Fresh Fire Church in Uniontown, Pennsylvania, is about allowing God to use you to bring victory in your life. As we begin our 21 days of prayer and fasting, we encourage you to join us. Visit freshfirechurch.net slash prayer and fasting for helpful tips and scriptures. If these podcasts are a blessing to you, consider becoming a partner with us for $15 a month or more. And now, let's join the message, Loose My Hands. Well, good morning. Welcome back to some of you and to others who are, the other rest are out sick now. Some are still recovering. We got a message from Scott, still recovering. So for everybody else that's out sick, we love you, we miss you. And we're praying for you. And I'm glad that some of you that were ill are now better. And we're grateful. Look over at your neighbor and say, neighbor, wake up. Come on. Some of you look sleepy today. Hallelujah. Wake up, wake up. Yeah. Last Sunday, if you were here and heard the message, or if you weren't, you watched online, I preached the message, his hand on my hand. Yes, his hand on my hand to get us set up for the beginning of today, the beginning of this fast. And so if you've never fasted, and for people that are online or missing today, if you want the information, we can email it to you. All you got to do is let us know. So send us a message or a message on Facebook or uh, even through the website. It's easy. If you go right to the homepage, even for those of you that are here, right on the homepage of our website, freshfirechurch.net. Y'all better know that by now. You can subscribe to our email list. There'll be some special emails going on out about fasting, special areas of targeting prayer. And But last Sunday, we sort of laid the foundation about uh, prayer and fasting and how we get his hands on our hands so that everything we put our hand to, it becomes blessed. Amen. How many of you know sometimes we do a lot of work and we don't see, we see little results? It, it, some of you may have done that in work. You go to work and you spend eight hours a day, put in 40 hours a week, and then you get your check and it looks like a little result. All the church staff can say amen. <laughs> Lord, you are a tough crowd today. I know what it is to go to work, get your paycheck. I remember when I started working, I'm not as old as Lois. When Lois started, the hourly wage was 15 cents an hour. When I started, it was four fifteen. Four dollars and fifteen cents an hour at Midtown Foodland. And I would get that check and thought, huh? How is that possible? Right? And I worked all kind of hours. I used to work in the produce and the bagging groceries and the dairy. I'd stock shell. I did anything they ever wanted me to do because I was poor. And I had a car to put gas in, right? And so I'd work sometimes, you know, double shifts and do all that I could do and it'd get the check and it still seemed like it was never enough. You put in a lot of work and little results. And so last week we laid the foundation to get it set up for this fast, how we need his hands on our hands so that when we pray, we have his blessing upon things and situations so that we can get the results that we need. Sometimes we'll even pray and get little results because we lack his hands upon our hands. 
And so we laid that foundation. I won't re-preach it, but if you missed it, you better go check it out. I thought it was pretty good. And so it laid a good foundation for us for getting ready. This fast is important. Please, those of you that if you've never fasted or if you've done fasting, you just think, oh, it's another one. It's going to be as important to you as you make it. Uh, We used to put a lot of emphasis on it and, uh, you know, we'd get people to sign some kind of accountability form to try to, you know, but it never worked. Uh, People are either going to do it or they're not. They're either going to cheat on it or they're not. And and so uh, either you want results in your life or you don't. And I know from from my own experience, it works. If you'll combine your fasting, your praying, and then even last week we connected how your giving gets his hand to come on your hand. Because Matthew 6 talks about when you pray, when you fast, when you give, you'll get results. And so if you'll take this serious and you'll do something to some capacity, you'll begin to see the results of it. And so I encourage you to do it. It starts today. We do a 21-day fast. You don't have to do the whole 21 days, but do what you can do. Set a goal and stick to it. And uh, I just know that you'll be blessed because of it, all right? Because his word shows us that. So that being said, I also last week, in the midst of the message laid out to you that we're going to launch at the end of this fast. So I told you during your fasting that during this fasting, I want you to be praying about each one that you need to reach. How many remember each one reach one? And so we are going to focus. How many know that we need to be planning for a future of this church? Believe it or not, I won't always be here. And we have a future to plan for. This ministry reaches thousands of people a month. And I just made up a mind of mind. I'm tired of seeing small harvest. Hello, somebody. So we are in the midst of this fast going to pray for the each one that each of you are supposed to be reaching. At the end of that fast, don't start reaching them now. Pray and fast over them. At the end of the fast, we'll launch our each one reach one. Hallelujah. And begin the process of, re- some of it's going to be through our outreach, some of it will be people you know, some of it will be people that you, or in your family, whatever. But we are going to uh, launch that through prayer and fasting. I believe that's the only way, the right way to do it. And then watch what God will do. Amen. So be praying about it. Uh, be praying over those names and those people. And let's believe God for big results, all right? We'll have some special things planned in that as we end the fast to sort of launch it and uh, kind of like a, a special service even you can kind of invite them to. So keep praying about it. Start today. Start praying. Start fasting about it. And those names, write them down. If you want to share the names, send them to me, and I'll add them to my prayer list, and we'll just start bathing them in prayer over the next 21 days and believe God for breakthrough because we need his hands on our hands, remember, so that when, when you reach out to touch them, it's as if God himself is reaching out and touching them. Hallelujah. So stick with me and, and get those names together. Write them down. Put them in your phone. Whatever you got to do. And let's get to praying over them. And we'll love to agree with you in prayer and believe God for it. Hallelujah. Because we're going to have his hands on our hands that we preached last week. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now, today, we're going to go in the direction of loose my hands. I didn't plan it that way, honest. Uh, last week, it was his hands on my hands. Today, it is loose my hands. You'll understand more in a moment. Hallelujah. I, I prefaced, I think, on social media yesterday, how many have ever um, tried to help somebody, and the one you tried to help attacked you? Or the people you try to help the most hurt you the most? Uh huh. Yes. Hallelujah. 
where every time you try to do something, it seems like one battle after the next battle. Anybody else? One thing after the other. And if it isn't this area of your life, it's another area of your life. Come on. If, if anyone's living in the same world I am, it sort of is one thing after the other. If it isn't some issue at work, it's in the family. If it's not family, it's finances. If it's not finances, something broke down. If it's not something that broke down, it's some other issue. It's depression. It's anxiety, right? It's some issue. It's being hit on all sides, not always all at once, but enough to wear you out. Hallelujah. Yes. And so today I'm going to share this word with you. Loose my hands. And we're going to actually go to the book of Judges today. Judges chapter 15. So if you have your Bibles, you can go there. Judges chapter 15. And we'll look at a couple of verses of Scripture. Judges chapter 15. I think we'll start in verse 10. We're going to read about 5. 10 through 15. If you're there, say amen. I'm going to keep you awake one way or the other. All right, verse 10, it says, And the men of Judah said, Why have you come against us? So they answered, we have come up to arrest Samson to do to him as he has done to us. Then 3,000 men of Judah went down to the cleft of the rock of Edom and said to Samson, do you not know that the Philistines rule over us? Why is this you have done to us? And he said to them, as they did to me, so I have done to them. But they said to him, we have come down to arrest you, that we may deliver you into the hands of the Philistines. Then Samson said to them, Swear to me that you will not kill me for yourselves. So they spoke to him, saying, No, but we will tie you securely and deliver you into their hand, but we will surely not kill you. And they bound him with two ropes and brought him up from the rock. In verse 14, when he came to Leah, the Philistines came shouting against him. Then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Did you see that? Then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire. And his bonds broke loose from his hands. He found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, reached out his hand and took it and killed a thousand men with it hello go back there to verse 14 let's read that again pay close attention when he came to leah the philistines came shouting against him but then the spirit of the lord came mightily upon him notice that when the enemies came shouting toward him that's when the spirit of the lord fell upon him came mightily upon him, and the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire, and his bonds broke loose from his hands. How many of you know oftentimes it is when the attack comes, that's when we often lose our minds and go screaming. Anybody else ever gotten lost your mind temporarily, got discouraged, got depressed when something went wrong or when the attack happened? Amen. 
But look what the word of the Lord says. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily. Some of y'all need to recognize the spirit of the Lord when it shows up in your time and day of trouble. Hallelujah. Because God wants to loose your hands. Would you say that out loud? Come on, wake up. Say, God is about to loose my hands. All right. He's about to loose your hands. We're going to go through this today as best we can so you can get this word and it will connect to our prayer and fasting. I'll do my best to do that. I want you to understand something about Samson is that Samson was anointed by God. He was set apart for a particular office. He was anointed by God. As believers like Samson, we've got to believe and know that we have a destiny for each of our lives. We talk about it. We share that often. And, and I don't want to spend time talking about your destiny, but everyone here, everyone online, everyone that watches has a destiny. Some of us may not have located it yet. Some of us might still be searching for it, but you have a divine destiny. There is something that every person is created to do and to be for sure. Samson was one of those that he had a, a, a destiny over his life. You, we have to understand that each of us is a child of purpose. Each of you is an individual, a, a person of purpose. You are not a mistake. I know some of you make a lot of mistakes, Lois, but you yourself are not a mistake. Hallelujah. Some of us have made more mess-ups than others in this room. Can you say amen? But you, that does not make you a mistake. God didn't screw up, right? Sometimes we've, we've, we've uh, made the comments that God really broke the mold whenever he created me or th something like that. But we need to get rid of the mentality somehow that we're somehow a mistake, a misfit, all of those things. We are not. We are a creation for divine purpose. Divine purpose. Not a mistake. Not an accident. But you are, and each of us has purpose. Amen. You are. Cynthia's with me. You are, and each of us has purpose. The whole purpose of what the Dream Center is going to be, you know, we're only about three months from the official launch. We've got lots of work to do, so get ready in the office this week, ladies. We are, the whole purpose of it is to help people find their purpose. Our dream is to help you reach yours. Are y'all with me? And so, uh, I, but in order for us to help anybody find theirs, you have to find your purpose. You have to know that you are a person of purpose, divine purpose from the heavens, that God has created you, breathed life into your lungs for a specific purpose. But regardless of whatever vehicle that you've, you've taken in life to get you where you are right now, and some of us have taken various vehicles to get here, been through all sorts of situations and problems and things, uh, all life comes from God. And if God has given you life, and as, if you are breathing, then you have purpose. Do you hear what I'm saying? If God has given you life, we know all life comes from God. I know some of y'all like to think we should take life into our own hands. But truth be told, you didn't breathe life into nobody. God did. So don't think it, it's up to you to start deciding who gets to have life and who doesn't. Can you say amen? Now, well, we won't tarry there, but we'll just move right along and say to you today that if you have life, then you have purpose. That's why it is not up to you or I to decide to, to end someone's purpose. Hello. It's not up to me to decide, oh, you don't need to live anymore, so let me take your life. Your life doesn't have purpose. God breathed life, and so God says that life has purpose. You need to be able to settle that within yourself. We may have made a lot of mistakes. 
We may have taken various vehicles and had various problems to get where we are, but your life has purpose. I'm going to reiterate that for somebody in this place today. Your life has purpose. You cannot, you cannot live out your purpose if you always live in the past. Can't do it. You can't always dwell on where you've been or what went wrong. That's why you can't have people throwing up in your face what you did wrong yesterday, last week, last month, last year. Hallelujah. I've always said if someone brings up your past, call them a devil because only the devil brings up your past. If, if people that say they love you and they're in your family keep bringing up your past, they don't love you the way God needs them to love you. You need to distance yourself from that person because they are a devil and they're only trying to hold you to who and what you used to be, not where God is trying to take you to go. That is good right there. Everybody's going to be leaving here calling somebody a devil. Be careful, though. They might slap you. <laughs> Under your breath, something like that, in your prayer time, you know, do what you need to do. Call him a devil because only the devil will remind you of your past. I say that because there has to be a sense that God has put you on the planet to do what you were doing or to maybe do more than what you were doing. That's why even the Bible says in Romans that all things work together for good to those that are calling to his purpose. Right? Because he's put you here with and for purpose. First, that scripture, I need to lay this foundation. First, it says that, that you have to love him. And then second, it says you have to know that you're called according to his purpose. If you do that, if you do that, then, then, then even though negative things happen to you, then you can, you can have a belief that they're going to work for your good, meaning, meaning that, that God never said that, that you and I wouldn't have trouble. He never said that we wouldn't have problems, but he said, in fact, that those who love God would suffer persecution. We're saying that it'll end up working for my good. It'll end up working for my benefit. In other words, when persecution or problems come, I don't have to lose my mind, have a nervous breakdown, get discouraged because God's word says it's going to work for my good. I may not see good right now, but I'll see the good coming soon. Hallelujah. And so if any of you have ever been in a real fight, a real fight, I, I know some of you have been fighters, and then some of you have been real good people, and you've never been in a fight in your life, but some of you have a mean streak, and some of you have a past of being mean, and you've been in fights, Cindy, and you've called people, and you've scratched them, and you've pulled them by the hair. You've beat their heads in lockers, and you've done things that you probably look back, and you think, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that, but most people don't realize that, especially in the church, they don't realize that we are still today in life that we're in a fight. But some of us have been in a real fight. And when, in your, when, when, you're in a, when, when, when you fight, you can't worry about your hair, your clothes, or any of those things. When you're in a fight, you're just fighting for survival. You see, when, when the, enemy, uh, the enemy is going to attack you and I, he, he will. But he, he, but, but, but he needs to expect that you and I are surely going to attack back. That's something you need to notice in the text that we read. Look at what Samson said. He says, I'm only going to do to them what they've done to me. He wanted to send out an expectation that, hey, if they're going to attack me, I'm going to attack back. Uh, we've seen that play out even in our society a little bit. Uh, we won't get into it, but we know there are some people, they'll always attack back. If you attack them, they'll attack back. You need to understand that's a, a principle of the word. So many times we just lay down and let people treat us a certain kind of way. Come on. Some of us act like doormats in the kingdom of God and let people just do whatever, act any certain way, treat you any kind of way, and then you roll over and let them do it again and again and again. No, you need to have an expectation and allow God to do something in you that if someone, if the enemy comes to attack you, 
you, you are going to attack back. Can you say amen? amen? Understand something about Samson. He is a warrior. If I had time, I would tell you a lot more about him. But Samson is a warrior, a mighty man of valor. And God is using him in a mighty way. A mighty, mighty way. You, you and I can't think it's strange when, when we come into any kind of opposition. We can't, uh, we can't think it's strange. We're going to come into opposition. We're going to come under attacks. And oftentimes we'll, we'll doubt our position. We'll doubt what God wants to do in us. Sometimes we'll doubt God himself. We'll doubt the promises of God. We'll doubt all sorts and pr- kinds of things. We'll, we'll doubt our even existence in Christianity and why God ever took the time to create us. And the enemy will, 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 will attack you and I. And often he tries to get you and I to say things. If, if God loved me, why am I going through this? If God loved me, why am I having to go through one thing after the other? If God loves me and his word is true, why don't I see the answer? Why don't I see breakthrough? I know I, maybe I'm the only one that's ever said those things, but I, I've wondered sometimes, God, why is it that you'll touch this person and that person and they see an answer to prayer, but I don't see that answer to prayer? And we'll say that the enemy gets you and I asking all kinds of questions and and and. and questioning who we are, questioning who God is, and if he's real, if his word is true for, for you and I. But you and I have to fight in order to survive. We have to even fight those kinds of mindsets from time to time, uh, to fight those kinds of questions that often will come up. Samson was going through that kind of fight where it was one thing after the other. You got to read a little bit before. We only read five verses of scripture, but read earlier and he, he tied foxtails together and sent them into the fields, right? It was, it was one fight after the other and then they would retaliate and then he would retaliate. It was going back and forth and you can kind of get to the point where God, if you are God and you are who you say you are, then is there going to be some kind of breakthrough? Do I get a break here? Do, do, do I have to keep going from one thing to the other? And, and so he was going through the same kind of fight that you and I often go through one thing after the other one person after the next all right and so that's why I want you to be able to get into a place where hopefully you might be able to see yourself in the text a little bit that you can identify what it is like to have a car break down and then the dryer goes and then after the dryer goes somebody gets mad at you and then you get that worked out and somebody else gets mad at you and just about the time you get that fixed then something financial comes on you and then before you know it it's something else it's one thing after the other Now, notice in the text, if you will, with me, the men of Judah said, notice it's the men of the Judah. The the scripture talks about the text that we read is talking about the men of Judah, and it's talking about the Philistines. The men of Judah were the people that Samson had been working so hard to help. Spending a lot of time trying to help them, protect them, do for them. And it was the men of Judah, the Bible says, we are coming up to do to him what he has done to us. It goes on that they're not fighting him. Listen, they're not fighting him because he is not effective. You need to understand something that people don't fight you and I and even the enemy doesn't fight you and I because we're not effective. We get fight fought against and we face opposition because we are effective. How many of you know we don't ever go to war with someone that isn't effective? Right? We, don't, we don't waste our energy as a, as a nation to go into war to someone who isn't effective in what they do, right? You only, you only go to war and you only fight those 
who are effective. Hallelujah. And so they, they, they raise up and they say, we're, we're fighting him because he is effective, basically. We're fighting him because he is effective. The, it, the enemy doesn't come against our ineffectiveness. He comes against you and I because of our effectiveness. He, he wants to do something back to you because usually the last thing we did to him landed some kind of a blow. That's why it's really important that you and I come into the house of God ready to worship, ready to pray, ready to hear the word of God. God, because often it is in these times of corporate gathering that we're landing a blow to the enemy in some way. When we gather together corporately, it's important that you, we, you and I don't come to church or sit at home online and watch and just want to be a, a spectator, but we're a participator so that we understand we're landing blows. Don't expect me to, 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 to fight your fight. I got enough of my own to fight. I'll pray for you, but I ain't fighting your fight. Hallelujah. And so you've got to be able to keep ourselves strong enough so that we're able to, to do the fights that we need to, to fight through and pass what we need to fight through. And the reason is, it's because we're effective in what we're doing. Look at verse 11. I want to read verse 11 of our text again to you. Then 3,000 men of Judah went to the top of the rock of Edom and said to Samson, knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? What is this that thou hast done to us? And he said to them, as they did unto me, I have done unto them. They were asking Samson, why are you doing this? And he said, I'm only doing to them what they have done to me. It's a cycle. It's a fight. How many have ever, I know probably nobody wants to admit the fact that you've only done to somebody what they've in turn done to you. Oh, I know that doesn't sound like the godly thing to say, uh, but, but uh, sometimes we'll get a little, you know, vindictive. Sometimes we'll get to the point where I'm only going to treat you how you've treated me, right? I, I'm only going to do to you in the same manner of what you've done to me. That, that's what Samson's saying. Hey, I'm just going to do to them what they have done to me. It's a cycle. It's a fight. Haven't you ever, uh, if you've been with God any certain time, you know that when we're fighting against the enemy, when we're fighting opposition, it always is cyclical. It happens uh, like a cycle. When you are fighting things in your life, it's a cycle. It's a fight. You need to identify that. He says, I'm, I'm just going to keep the cycle going and I'm going to do to them what they've done to me. They, they attack, so I've attacked them back. You need to recognize the familiarity of the scene that these five verses are setting up for you and I, where it is that, as I mentioned earlier, the blow after blow, the incident after incident, one thing after the other. If it's, if it's not one thing, it's the other. He, he attacks your kids and he attacks the very things that you're praying for. And even though you're trying to give unto the kingdom of God, he's attacking your finances. And then something breaks down. And every time you try to give your way out of what you're, you're in the midst of, you are just being attacked on every front, one thing after the other. That is the life that Samson is living right there. It is one thing after the other, one attack after the next, from one area of your life to the next. And so I want you to recognize something. The reason I made that statement to you, notice that it is a cycle. I said, notice that it is, it is a cycle. That's why it often isn't one thing going wrong in your life at one time. It is usually many things that are going wrong at life. At one, if you only got one battle right now, good for you. Stand to your feet, let us celebrate you. All right, but, but usually, typically, if you are effective and you are under attack, it is many things. You are broke and everything else is broken. You know, you, you, there ain't no money in the bank and you got to buy a dryer, a washer, and the car needs brakes. Right? 
and the other cars doesn't have an inspection on it, right? I mean, you know, those are the, th when, when I go through a battle, usually it's multiple things. It's not just like, oh, someone shakes your hand and gives you 50 bucks. It's like, thanks, but I need like four zeros behind that to fix what I got wrong, right? You're, you're grateful, right? But it, you're under attack. So it is many things, hallelujah. Notice that, notice that, but, and I want you to pay attention to the strategy of the enemy. I'm going to take you back and show you even in Genesis, the strategy of the enemy has not changed. The enemy attacks you and I in that way because he wants to wear you out. Does anybody else just get tired? Doesn't you just get tired of the fight? You get tired of everything going wrong. I'm just going to preach to myself today. Maybe I'm the only one that ever just finds myself, oh. You know, just tired. I'm tired of all the things that go wrong. Because you need to understand something. Since the enemy can't whip you, he wants to wear you out. I'm going to say it again. Since the enemy can't whip you, he wants to wear you out. So, so when you fight someone, think about it this way. When you fight those of you that have been fighters in this life, when you fight someone who is really strong, you've got to be able to understand enough about fighting that you've got to use their strength against them to win. All you, you scrappers that used to be scrappers, you know, pulling hair, punching, and all those things, biting and all of that stuff that you did in your past, you, you know that if you fought someone who was bigger than you, you have to use their strength against you. You've got to wear them out because they're plumb going to thump you. Right? That's what the enemy does to you and I. We just haven't taken the time to recognize that the enemy is trying to wear you out just as if you were in a fight with someone who is smaller than you. You're, they're going to use your size against you to wear you out, to get you tired so that you can be overtaken. The enemy is trying to wear you out because he knows he can't whip you, so he wants to wear you out. Hallelujah. You, you, you need to understand that. You need to understand that, that he's just trying to wear you out. Satan can't take a direct hit from you. Again, you need to understand who you are and that you have purpose. I said Satan can't take a direct hit from you because the Bible says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Again, you need to understand you are a man, you are a woman of purpose. Purpose and greater is he and his purpose that is in you than he that is in the world. So if you and I would, so the only way that the enemy can, can get you to a point where you might pray, you might even sing and dance, he doesn't get scared of that because you're still tired. He knows if you operate in your full strength, he knows that he can't afford to take a direct hit from you. Are you understanding? Because he knows more about who we are and the power that we have access to, I think, than we do. He understands how to operate within the, the kingdom of God to, to get bare minimum results more than most of the church does. That's true. And so we, we just don't take the time to identify. He's just trying to wear me out. That's why it's one sickness after the other. That's why it's sickness over here. And then it's something financial. And then it's the car. And then it's this. And then it's something in the family. He wants to wear you out because he knows if you come into the house of God praising him and in an attitude of full power of prayer that you and I can land a blow that is devastating to him, that, 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 that will reap results and set things free. We were singing earlier, shall Jesus 
Jesus from the mountain. Shout Jesus in the street. See, if you and I would come in here understanding our real purpose, understanding and getting the word of God in us that greater is he that is in me, it don't matter what is laying in pieces around me, then you understand just by praising him, just by singing that, just coming in here with the right mindset and the right attitude, not mourning what is wrong, but celebrating who he is. And as mom was saying earlier, having an attitude of gratitude in your life, you will come in here and you will be able to land blow after blow after blow to the enemy and every enemy that you have. But the enemy knows that if he can keep you wore out and he can keep you tired, we'll come just sludging into the house of God. We'll wake up tomorrow morning just... uh, usher ourselves into the workplace and getting by during the day just wore out just tired just expecting something else to go wrong not with an attitude of gratitude not with with a mindset that greater is he that is within me than he that's in the world not having the mentality and the mindset of who you are and that you possess a purpose do you understand part of our purpose isn't just about what you do on this earth but what damage we can do to the enemy and his territory and take back all the things that the enemy has taken from you and I. And yet as long as we are, come into the house of God and, and yet as long as we live every day that we live passive and not possessive, you're giving up ground to the enemy. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? If you live passively instead of possessively, you are just giving up one thing after you. You are caving to, to, to what the enemy is trying to do. You're giving in to his, his strategy of just wearing you out. Stop letting him wear you out. He's only wearing you out because you're allowing him to wear you out in the mind. You're allowing yourself to be overwhelmed by everything that is wrong. But if we'll look at who God is and who he has created you and I to be, that you and I have access to everything that, that has the ability to fix what is wrong right now. Take some inventory of your life right now. Either we're going to believe who he, that he is who he says he is and believe that his word is true. And if, that, if you do, then you have access to fix everything that is wrong right now. That's where you say amen. My God. We got access to it, and then we'll walk around miserable and, and glum and woe is me and have pity parties, but you've heard me say a thousand times, we can be pitiful or powerful, but you cannot be both. Be pitiful or powerful, but the enemy has got you and I being so pitiful that there's no power. We're not tapping into the power source. I'm so glad and I'm so thankful that, that, that Samson understood more about the power than we do, otherwise he could have had a different outcome. He understood greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. The only hope the enemy has is wearing you out to defeat you. The only hope. We used to sing a song a long time ago. A little course I said, I will not be defeated. I will not be defeated. I will not be defeated anymore. We used to sing another one that says, we've got the power in the name of Jesus. We've got the power in the name of the Lord. Though Satan rages, we will not be defeated. We've got the power in the name of the Lord. Where in the world is our power? Where is our power? We, we, we have to know we possess the power. And if you and I would understand that we possess the power, then you and I, have the, we, the, we would know we possess the power to change the very things that are within our midst that aren't working and that aren't right. Hallelujah. He, he tries to, 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 to distract you and frustrate you and I, to keep you and I focusing forward and maintaining our strength. He wants to wear you out and wear you down. 
Hallelujah. Paul said, Paul put it this way, let us not become weary in well-doing, for we shall reap in due season if we do not faint not. In other words, there's no time to faint right now. That's what Paul was saying to you and I. This is not a time to faint. He was saying, hey, this is not a time for you to allow yourself to get weary and well-doing. This is not a time for you to allow the enemy to wear you out and wear you down. It's, there's no time for that. Say that out loud. Say, there's no time for that. My God, there's no time for that. Some of you need to make that your motto. There's no time for that. You might have to look at somebody and say, there's no time for your pity party. There's no time for you to become weary. You know, sometimes we just, you know, that's part of our job in the body of Christ is to sometimes put one another in our place. I know it's unpopular, but sometimes you and I need to just look at somebody and say, hey, you don't have time to lose it right now. Pull yourself together. Or as my mom says, put your big girl pants on. Right? Sometimes we just have to do that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Stop having a mental breakdown. Stop, stop allowing yourself to lose your mind over what's wrong and realize who he is and who you are. Hallelujah. The enemy is not going to wear me down. I don't have time for this. We have a lot to accomplish this year. There is no time for you and I not to be tapped into our power source. You've heard me talk about our power source. Everything that we utilize in this place requires it to be plugged into the power source. Everything. The lights, the TV lights, the sound system, the TV cameras, all of it requires a, a power source, and so do you. If you are ever going to overcome what you need to overcome, you had best be plugged into the power source. Hallelujah. If you are going to see anything accomplished during this 21-day fast, you had better be tapped into the power source. This word is your power source. Don't expect to have power to defeat nothing. You couldn't defeat a gnat if you're not going to even uh, plug into the power source. Some of you and I are, some of us are trying to overcome things and you're not tapped into the power source. Hallelujah. That's why the church doesn't have power. My God, I, I watched a documentary, and I don't do too many documentaries. I'm just going to say it because it, it's out there. It's truth. I watched a documentary about a certain megachurch that has now fallen like a part. Their worship music has become non-existent. Most churches won't even sing it in their church because it was so awful what was going on. And you know what happened is they didn't stay tapped into the power source. Their music used to go around the world in the 90s whenever I was leading worship. We would sing all of their songs clear from Australia their, their music went around the world and then but it all became about the the experience and not the power they wanted people to come to church and have an experience and before you know it that took over and they disconnected from the power source and when they disconnected from the power source everything changed everything changed and before you know it the enemy overtook them Hallelujah. Did you hear what I said? The enemy overtook them because they were not connected to the power source. If you and I are going to do anything great for God, if we're going to keep doing great things for God, if you and I are going to overcome the things that we want to overcome in the areas we want to see ourselves have victory, if we're going to have his hand be on our hands, we have to be tapped into the power source. God ain't going to touch nothing that doesn't look like him, walk like him, act like him, and talk like him. Oh, yes. Amen. So in order to do that, you and I have got to be tapped into the power source so that when we put our hands on things, his hands are on our hands to bring change. But in order for his hands to become on our hands, we first have to have our hands loosed. I'm going somewhere. Are you still with me? 
All right. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. No time to faint now. This is no time to faint now. That's why you and I can't let our past to kind of control us. You can't let your present control you. Don't let what's going on right now control you. You got to understand what you and I are going through right now. It's a process to be able to get to the next level. If you don't go through it, you're not going to get through the next level. Remember last week we even gave the analogy of the bow and the arrows and it had to go through. I said that God wasn't going to take you and I around the problems. God wanted to take you and I through them. Because that's the God that we serve. He, he's a God that likes to show off from time to time. And so stop trying to pray and ask God to get you out of a mess and say, God, no, give me the strength and the fortitude to go through it. Some of us haven't learned that lesson. That's why some of our, 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 our battles have been delayed a little bit. Anybody had any delayed battles lately? Things that should have been resolved a while ago, but God says, I'm just going to drag this out because you keep trying to want to get out of it easy and I'm trying to take you through this. Come on, somebody. My God, uh, um, God wants to take us through some stuff. There are some things, the reason we are in the same situation that we were 10 years ago is because you are choosing not to go through it. You want to take the easy way out. And God is a God that he wants to take you through it. So there's some evidence. When you come out on the other side, the same way I don't have time to preach that. I've preached that already about how, how we, you and I need to have evidence that God has done something in our life. If you are going to get set free from addiction, we were singing about that earlier. The only way you're going to get set free is if there, you come through it so there's evidence. Don't expect God to snap his fingers in heaven and just make it happen. God wants you to go through it so there's evidence of it. God needs you and I to go through the financial turmoil so there's evidence. Amen. God wants you and I to go through all the things that are broke down right now so there's some evidence on the other side. The enemy wants to get you to the place where you, you just say, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. I'm tired of going through stuff. I'm tired of being misunderstood. I'm tired of everybody turning against me. Oh, come on. Or I'm tired of being lonely. Sometimes I get to the point where I'm just so tired of everybody misunderstanding me and getting me wrong when I say something or whatever, I'll just become recluse and pull back. Don't go around nobody. Don't go visit nobody. I'm telling you, not on social media. Somebody said the other day, you don't, you don't even post no more. No, because I'm just tired of hearing your lips. That's why. Every time I post something, you, you're like a troll. and You just attack me and you don't like anything. And the same thing on the church page. Every time you, we post something about it, we always got one or two that's got to make a wisecrack block. Block. We, we just got a, we got a longer block list than we do a follow list. Ain't no even lying. Because people would rather attack something good than they'd be a part of something that's good. And so it'll cause you just to pull back. And so before you know it, you, you, you find yourself saying, I'm tired. I'm tired of people. I'm tired of people attacking me. I'm tired of everybody misunderstanding me. I'm tired of everybody I try to help. They too attack me. And so I'm tired of being lonely, though, at the same time. Uh, all of those things that we, we find ourselves just starting to say, I'm just tired of everything. I'm tired of something. I'm tired of anything. But you and I need to hear something about that. The enemy tries to get you to that place where you'll say, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of people. People and I'm tired of being lonely, and you and I need to be aware that we can't let the enemy convince you and I that the only safe place is in being alone. Don't let the enemy convince you that the only safe place is in being alone, because some of us can be married and still be alone. Don't all the married people say amen. 
Come on, because if we really get honest, we can live with people, and yet we are still alone. They're in their room. We're in our room. We, we, we exist, but we don't talk. When was the last time you actually had a conversation more than about what we're going to eat for dinner or some bill that needed paid? I mean, where you actually talked. I was at a restaurant the other day, and everybody I was with and everybody that I looked around the restaurant had their face in a phone, and I just thought, you are screwed up. Don't you know the time it took to get myself ready? to look good for you, and you're not even going to take the time to enjoy my presence right before you. I mean, God took a lot of time to create and breathe life into you and I, and then we got our face stuck in a phone. Not enjoying the people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm not saying I'm all that in a bag of chips. I'm saying you need to think that about the people that you were with. Go to dinner and get your phone up, get your face up out of your phone. Hallelujah. Spend time with the people that you were living with. That take the time to come and visit you. Hello, fellowship with them. Enjoy them. Because the enemy gets you and I to a place where he wants to convince you and I that the only safe place in life is being alone. And we'll use our phones as a good excuse and an excuse for not connecting with people. Because if I have to look at you and I have to talk to you, I give you access to hurt me again. So what phones have become is a big wall. It's a big barrier around all of us. Because haven't you ever noticed when people get in uncomfortable situations, they just do this. Notice it all the time. When people don't know what to do or don't want to say, they pull their phone out. It's the truth. That's why you see people out on dates and they got their face in their phone. They don't know what to do. We don't even know how to have a date without a phone. Because after all, that's how we met. The enemy wants to convince you and I that the only safe place is in being alone. I'm here to tell you the devil is a liar. He wants you to believe that. He wants you to pull back. Because in, in, in the way, by, by him getting you alone, that is how he helps to keep you weary. Because yes, people sometimes will attack you and I. Yes, there will be people that will, the very people we try to help that will, will attack us. But the enemy also knows that some of our greatest strength, some of the people that we pull strength from are the people in our lives. And so if you put a boundary and use your phone as that, that, that boundary or anything else in life, we just distance ourselves from everybody. He knows that, yes, while you're not getting as attacked by those people as much, you're also not having access to the people who are a source of strength for you, the people who cheer you on and encourage you, the people who will breathe life into you. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Don't let the enemy convince you the only safe place there is is being alone. It's not good for you and I to be alone. God created us to be a people that interact and have other people in our lives and touching and intermingling with people. The Bible has commanded you and I. You need to know that the Bible has commanded you and I. Do not become weary. In other words, he's commanding you don't get tired. Think about that. Don't get tired. That's what it means. When he says don't become weary, don't let yourself get tired because God's saying, hey, th this is a recipe for the enemy to get you to get you distracted and to get your attention. Don't let the enemy get you tired mentally. Well, by times we're going to be tired in our body because we didn't sleep. We stayed up watching football or whatever it is that we do, right? I'm talking about allowing yourself to get mentally exhausted where you're dwelling on everything that is wrong instead of dwelling on your purpose and the purpose that God has placed in, or in and on you. Hallelujah. Samson was a creative fighter. 
So I said earlier, he tied the firebrands of the foxtails and sent it into the field of the enemy. He was a, a, a creative fighter. Sometimes you and I need to be a creative uh, a person, a creative fighter even. Because Samson was such an effective fighter, though, the enemy had escalated the attack to do to him what he had done to them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He wanted to do to them. They wanted to do to him what he had done to them. You and I need to recognize that when the enemy attacks, you and I have to retaliate. So many times I think we just become too silent. I'm not one that believes we need to spend a lot of time preaching, talking to, or even about the enemy. Because I think sometimes there are some places that give too much uh, focus on the enemy. But I need you to understand there is a time where you and I have to retaliate and that you and I have to wreak havoc and bring damage to the, to the enemy and all the things that he's doing against the people of God. Samson was the kind of person, he didn't take junk from anyone. He knew that the best way to get over one attack is just to hit back and attack back. He didn't take the time to say, oh, this isn't fair. He just fought back. Some of you and I need, need to get that kind of mentality where we're not worried about what's fair. We can't take time to focus on what's going wrong right now, but we're just going to attack back in the name of Jesus. Now, I want you to recognize something. The Philistines look like the real problem. The Philistines looked like the real problem. If you read the text, read the beginning. Read right before verse 10 through 15 that we read. Read some of that this week. The Philistines, are, they kind of look like the real problem. They've always been the problem, right? Throughout Scripture, it's always the Philistines that are a problem. Yeah. And so the, the Philistines appear to look like the real problem, but, but it's the men of Judah that are the problem. It's, it's these people that Samson's trying to help. That's why I said earlier, do some of you know what it is to be hurt by someone you're trying to help? The very people we often try to help end up hurting us the most. The people that you, that you, that you help the most hurt you the most. That's true. In your family, it's the people that you and I love the most will hurt us the most. It's not normal. It doesn't make them even evil people. We're human. And the enemy will use the people that you love the most. This is another area where you and I have got to pay attention to how the enemy works. The enemy will only attack you with what your heart is attached to. Oh, that's good right there. If you'll get, get some of this today, I mean, you, you'll, you'll start seeing the attack of the enemy when it shows up and stop taking what people do so personal. Don't take it personal when the people you love hurt your feelings or do something like that. I'm telling you, most of the time it's not intentional. I'm not one of those people that I wake up and think, oh, I'm just going to be difficult today. Oh, I think I'm going to, I, I think I'm going to uh, uh, scream at everybody in the office today, right? We don't just wake up. I, I don't know. I know there's some evil people like that. I know there's some demonic people out there that probably are like that. But I'm talking about God's people. I'm talking about the people that are in your circle that you love. We just don't wake up and think, oh, David, don't just wake up and think, oh, I'm going to make Lois's life miserable today. She might think that sometimes. There's times she'll walk in the office and ear, smoke is coming out of her ears. And she, the whole way to church, she's probably thinking, oh, he probably just woke up thinking, how can I get her today? No. He's not evil like that. But the enemy will use people that your heart is attached to. In other words, the people that you love to get you, to wear you out. Because how can you and I, how can we as a church have a vision and love for people that we don't even know in our community 
if we're being attacked by the people we love. I mean, for real. How can you and I have the vision to walk everything out that God has for you and I to walk out and to do this year if everybody that you love is attacking you, you get to a point where you say, I ain't helping nobody. Because everybody I help just kicks me in the teeth. That's how the enemy works. Look how the enemy was working right here. He was, the enemy was using the very people Samson himself had helped the most. And they show up and they say, oh, no. We're here to, to arrest you and take you to the enemy. Think about that. After all that Samson, I don't have time to get into all the things that he had done to the, for them, but after all that you and I have done for our family, after all that sometimes we do for the people we worship with, after all the late nights that we'll spend with people and then this is the behavior you get, right? After all the times they needed money and you gave it to them, right? And this is the thanks you get, right? These are the things we say to ourselves. Come on, somebody. That's what Samson was saying. After all the things and all the journeys I've taken, all the battles I went for on your behalf, all the fights, all the, the, the foxes I sent out into the field on your behalf, after all of this and now here you are showing up at my door wanting to arrest me. He says, but I just got one thing to say. Are you going to kill me? He said, I'll let you take me, but you can't kill me. Notice what he said. I'll, I'll let you arrest me because Samson understood greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That's why Samson didn't lose his mind, y'all. Samson wasn't having a nervous breakdown because he understood that he was tapped into the power source. He thought, I'll let you take me. But you ain't got no idea what's coming right about now in a few moments. And you don't have any idea what's coming in the next chapter. The next chapter is when he wrapped his arms around the pillars and he brings the whole place down. Kills himself and everyone in it. Because he understood greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. He wasn't intimidated. He, he didn't allow himself to have a pity party. He understood greater is he that's in me, that the God in me is bigger than what I'm going through. The God that is in me is bigger than the people that are hurting my feelings right now. Uh, he's bigger than the, the, this army of people that's showing up to try to arrest me right now and take me into captivity. Hallelujah. He understood all of that. Notice they came to do something that they really couldn't do. The only way they were able to bind Samson was because he let him. I said they came to do something to him that they could not do. They could not wrestle him to the ground. They could not by force. He, he, he just simply said, if you promise you won't kill me, I'll let you bind me. I'll let you tie up my hands. You need to have that, understand that about you, that, 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 that the enemy can't bind you. Did you hear me? The enemy can't bind you because God has already loosed you. God has already set you and I free. The enemy cannot bind you. The, the enemy can't do anything to you without getting God's permission. The enemy can't do anything to you unless you're going to lay down and let him do it to you. We've got to stop surrendering ourselves over to the enemy and thinking that somehow the enemy is going to just take it easy or take it nice, nice, nice on you and I. The enemy just used who Samson loved to get to him. It's the same thing that the enemy did in the garden. 
Remember I told you we were going to bring this back to Genesis. I'll always prove to you what I tell you in the Word of God because it happens over and over again. It's the same thing that happened to the, the, the enemy did in the garden. The enemy couldn't handle God in Genesis. And so he tried to use what God loved to get back at him. So God used Adam and Eve. God used what, the enemy used what God loved to get back at him. It's the same thing he used against Samson as the same thing he uses against you. He will use whatever your heart is attached to, to attack you. My God. You need to be real careful and don't make the mistake by entering into a conversation with the enemy. The men of Judah entered into a conversation with the Philistines. They entered into a conversation with the enemy. Oh, be real careful when you start entering into a conversation with the enemy because the Bible says, nor give place to the devil. Don't give place. Don't give the enemy an opportunity to start talking to you so that you have to listen and and speak back because it's when you and I get into a conversation with the enemy that he'll start stirring up negative thoughts and get you to a place where you start becoming pitiful instead of powerful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The men of Judah came down to Samson and with a bad spirit to tell him, just let things alone. Don't you know the Philistines are, 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 are all over us? And he, they were kept telling him, don't mess up the way that things are right now. Stop making waves. Stop, stop, stop creating more problems. In other words, stop being more, more than who you are. Stop trying to be more than, than, than what you are right now. Stop trying to, to one-up everything. Just why can't you just stop making waves? In other words, the enemy was trying to play, let's make a deal with Samson. Do you know so many times the enemy tries to do that with you and I, tries to get you to concede and become complacent and where our life is and what is going on in our life right now. So he he creates, let's make a deal. You stop trying to pursue things that you know are far beyond your reach and that you'll never obtain. And, and you give up on the idea that there's greatness on the inside of you. There's more on the inside of you. And all this can go back to normal. And I won't have to tackle you. The Bible says that the men of Judah came to tie up his hands with cords, with ropes. The men tied him up. But notice it wasn't, he wasn't tied up by his enemies, but he was tied up by those he was trying to help. Are you still with me? Notice the enemy couldn't do it, so he seduced some people to do it. Often when the enemy can't get to you, he'll use the people that you love the most to get to you. Oh, I'm telling you. When the enemy himself can't get to you, he'll get to you through the people that you love. The Bible says right before the text that we read that that one minute he was throwing gates of the city, and here the next minute he is bound by his hands. Hear the... The hero in him is tied up by the human in him. I said the hero in him is tied up by the human in him. In other words, you and I can be anointed in one area, but we, we are suffering financially in another. We, 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 can, we, can, we can pray the house down in one area, but we're broke. We, we, can, we can sing unto the Lord with, with beautiful sounds of songs, but, but we have no idea how to balance a checkbook. Or, 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 or here we are uh, being able to pray really hard, but it, we are sick in our body. 
because we often, the hero in us is tied up by the human in us, meaning there's all these things that are going wrong that the enemy will use to wear you and I out. Haven't you ever noticed that every time you get ready to do something big for God, the enemy sends something or somebody into your life to tie you up? Haven't you noticed that just when you get on the verge of trying to do something more for God or take a step of faith and do a little bit more or, or make some kind of a declaration or, or start the fast today, the enemy will use somebody or he'll use something to try to tie you up and arrest you, to get you all bound up, to get you all discouraged, to get you all feeling weary and well-doing all over again. That's what the enemy does. He'll always send someone to do just that. Hallelujah. And anything that restricts you from moving and being in movement for the kingdom of God is bondage. Anything that's not going to let you and I move and operate and flow is bondage. You need to recognize that the enemy comes to place you and I in bondage to, to bind you and I. Hallelujah. So he'll use all kinds of various things. Hallelujah. All bound up. That's why people will say things like, oh, uh, I, I, I would, I would. I would do more if I could. I would do more if I could because you're all bound up. I, I wish I could do more, but we're, I'm, really what you're saying is when you say, I wish I could do more as I'm all bound up. I wish I could spend more time with those people, but I'm all bound up. I, I wish I could be different in this life, but I'm all bound up. And the enemy will use people to tie you up. He will use things to tie you up. He will do all, all, whatever he needs to do to tie you up. Hallelujah. You and I need to be able to find people that are around us and near us that, 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 if, that remind you and I that if God is before you, if God is before you, then he's more than the world that is against you. And that's what you and I, we've got to be surrounded by people who can be that to you and I, who can remind us if, if God is before you, then he's more than the world against you. Hallelujah. More than the world against you and I. To the point that, that, that you and I would say, oh, I may be bound in this area, but if I ever get loose. The whole purpose of this message, I, I'm going I'm to be quiet here in a moment. Uh, listen, the whole purpose of this message is for you to identify, yes, there's some areas of your life that you may be bound up right now. In other words, there's areas of your life where things aren't right and they're not going perfect. But if I ever get loose, oh my God. See, that's the mentality uh, 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 Samson had gone into it when they, when they, when the men of Judah showed up and says, "Yeah, we're here to bind you." He says, "Oh, you can bind me," but he's thinking to himself, "If I ever get loose, my God, you you can arrest me, you can bind my hands behind my back, but but if I ever get loose." See, that's how you need to be able to approach everything that is wrong right now in your life. Every area where there is bondage, every area where there are things that aren't working. If I ever get loose, hallelujah. If I ever get loose, because why? Because if you can be able to see that, if I ever get loose, then you understand I'm on the verge of stepping into God's purpose. And I'm on the verge of stepping into destiny if I ever get loose. See, the only reason the enemy binds you is to keep you from stepping into your purpose. The only reason why the enemy has tried to restrict this church as he has over the last couple of months is he's trying to keep you and I from stepping into purpose. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're receiving it today. I know, but I'm preaching far beyond where you're even ready because some of you are going to have to watch this again next month or two months from now because the only reason he's trying to restrict us right now is to try to keep us from stepping into person. That's the only reason. 
the only reason that you're being restricted right now. That's the only reason there are areas of your life that you're under arrest. But, but God needs me to tell you, God needs to tell you if I ever get loose. If I ever get loose. Samson knew, hey, if I ever get loose, he knew I'm gonna come out of this too. Samson was not afraid to be bound by his hands because he knew the God that he served was bigger than his hands being bound. He, yes, he trusted in his own strength, but Samson knew according to scripture in the next chapter where his strength came from. Delilah kept trying to figure it out. Where's my strength come from? He'd tell her one thing and ended up she looked like a fool and he didn't tell her everything. But when she finally identified where his strength come from, that's when they even thought they had him bound. But even then, they didn't have the victory. Even then, even after they found out where the source of his strength was, he went back to the source of where his real strength was. And he said, Lord, let me feel your power one more time. You see what I'm saying? Even though he told her, oh, the strength that comes from my hair has a razor has never touched my head. He, he know, even in prayer, he, he goes to God in the midst of what looked like a hopeless situation. He says, God, let me feel your power just one more time. In other words, God, let me plug into the power source just one more time. God, help me bring this thing down. Help me to end it all and wreak havoc and bring destruction upon my enemies. Father, if you'll loose me, God, I, let me just feel your power one more time because he knew I'm coming out of this too. I'm coming out of this too. See, you need to understand something. When your hands get loose, your vision gets loose. I'll make this point and then we'll close. I said, when your hands get loose, your vision gets loose. Because watch this. The Bible says that when Samson got loose after his hands had been bound, it wasn't until his hands were loosed that he looked down and saw the jawbone of an ass. That's when he looked down and he said that God had created provision. How many know that sometimes the very answer that you and I need isn't made clear until after we're free, until after we step out of where we are, until after we step out of bondage, until after we step out of darkness. How many of you know if you've ever been in some kind of bondage, you've never, you really don't know what you had access to until now you know. There are some things I know now in life that I didn't know before because of areas of my life that was all tied up. And anybody that's ever had an area of your life that's all been all tied up, you know what I'm talking about. It's like your eyes are open to a whole other world. You'll see things that you had taken for granted. You'll see things you'd never seen before. Hallelujah. But but in the midst of that, he, it wasn't until the Bible says that his hands had been broke free. Hallelujah. Till his hands broke free. The Bible says when the enemy roared. Remember, we read that verse over and over again. When the enemy roared, the spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. In other words, you and I don't feel anointed every day. I don't wake up every day feeling anointed like when we're singing and preaching. All right. We don't wake up feeling anointed every day. But, but what God is saying is when the enemy roars, the spirit of the Lord should rise up in you and I. In other words, when the enemy comes in for attack, you and I shouldn't lose our mind and we shouldn't fall to pieces. Instead, the spirit of the Lord should rise up in us. Even if we're bound in some way of this life, I hope somebody's hearing me today. That when the enemy comes in for an attack, you have, you have cried your last tears when you get attacked. 
You, you, are you hearing me? You have, you have lost your mind and lost your peace for the last time when the enemy comes in for an attack. Because uh, what I'm speaking is trying to bring a message that would come to you and wake the, 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 the spirit of God up with inside of you so that when the lion, when, when the enemy roars against you, when the enemy roars against you, when he comes in for an attack, that the spirit of the Lord would come upon you. The spirit of the Lord would come upon you. The spirit of the Lord would rise up within you. And that's when you would start praying like Samson did. That you'll start calling upon the Lord like Samson did. Quoting the word that you didn't even know that you knew. So that it reminds you that you are more than a conqueror through Christ which strengthens us. Are you hearing me? So when I'm under attack, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to throw my hands in the air. But instead, the spirit of the Lord is going to rise up within you and I. And we're going to retaliate and we're going to fight back. That's what God's trying to remind you and I of today. So that God can allow you to take the jawbone of an ass if you have to and do more with it. In other words, God wants you and I to take less and do more. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God has placed less around you, but less is meant to do more. The Bible says this, that God gave Samson the victory, but he gave him the victory in stages. Watch the end of that text as we read it. The Bible says that heap by heap, I love how the Bible lays out, heap by heap, another, another translation says, but little by little, little by little, he would take one out with the jawbone and he'd throw the person behind him. And then he'd kill another one and he'd throw it behind him. He'd kill another one and throw it behind him. And he would do that until the, the heap behind him was bigger than the heap in front of him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Little by little. See, sometimes you and I are wanting a victory just boom, it being over with. And no, sometimes your victory comes little by little. Sometimes our victory comes just heap by heap. Yeah, there's still some stuff wrong. Yeah, you're still going to have enemies before you. Yeah, the devil is always going to be working against you, but heap by heap. You, I'm telling you, if I ever get loose, I'll be able to see what weapons God has placed around you and I to where you and I can have the victory little by little heap by heap and God will allow you to use things that you have been overlooking that's what I've been praying for God show me things that we've been overlooking that is the answer to our to being our resource God help us to see the things that we're, we're literally sitting on and sitting around as the answer to our to every problem that we face right now so that we can win little by little and heap by heap heap by heap and little by little The Bible says that little by little, Samson destroyed the army because God loosed his hands. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He won because God loosed his hands. The purpose of today, the purpose of this message is that if in any area of your life that you have been all tied up, God says, I want to loose your hands. Loose your hands. Preached a message many, many years ago called Stretch My Hand about the man in the withered hand. The reason I titled today's message, Loose My Hands, is because the hand represents power. Your hands represent power and authority. I don't don't have time to get into it, but you and I need to know that if you are all tied up, the enemy will always tie you up in your hands. The area of power to try to drain you and deny you access from having victory and from overcoming. That's why God said in his word, like, like he said to Samson, God is saying to you, I want to loose your hands. I'm going to loose every area of power and every area of authority so that you can start winning against the enemy 
little by little and heap by heap. No, it might not look like a mighty victory as when you start. This, this, this 21 day of fasting today may be a hard day. It's a football day and y'all gonna want to snack and have your wings and whatever else should happen. Some of you probably for that reason aren't gonna start till tomorrow. So you do you, all right? I ain't judging, I'm just saying. I, I, I know, I know how people are. But when you start this fast, you might not see victory on day one. You might not even see it on day two. But if you'll keep at it little by little and heap by heap, by the time you and I get to day 21, that we end on Sunday the 28th, I think it is, you and I should be able to look behind us and say, the heap behind me is bigger than the heap before me. And so I'm going to win little by little. Lord, if I ever get loose. This week, when the enemy rises up and he begins to roar at you, all you need say to yourself and to the enemy, if I ever get loose, I'm going to do to you what you did to me. You need to get that mentality. Everything that the enemy has done to you and I. Think about the people in his, your family that he has taken. The relationships he has destroyed. Think about the names on that wall. Some of you have people that you love on that wall. Why don't you just get that kind of mentality? Devil, everything you have done to me and my family, I'm going to do to you. Every addiction you've heard on my family, I'm going to hurl it right back. Every life and person you've taken that I've loved, I'm going to hurl it back. Everything you've done to me, I'm going to do to you if I ever get loose. Will you stand to your feet this morning? My God, if I ever get loose. Somebody in this place, if you ever get loose, I want today to be the beginning, a launch party, so to speak, for this 21-day fast that we're going to go through. I want that to be your motto for 21 days, if I ever get loose. That's not saying it as though you'll never. It's saying it knowing that greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. It's saying, if I ever get my hands, the source of my power, the source of my strength untied, all the people that I'm going to pray for, for each one, reach one, oh, devil. We're, we're going to name them for the kingdom of God. All the people. If I ever get loose. We need to serve notice and put the enemy on notice right now if we ever get loose. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to close in prayer right now. I want you to be able to pray, even pray that even now. Lord, if I ever get loose, start praying even now for the people that you're going to believe God for, for each one, reach one. Make sure you, if you want us to agree with you in prayer, send them in an email. Send, send them to us through Facebook Messenger. Get those names to us so we can start covering people in prayer. Hallelujah. But I want you to pray that today, that Lord is going to begin to, to loose your hands, to loosen your hands in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you today. Lord, I praise you right now in this place for your word and God for all that you will do in the name of Jesus Christ. God, I thank you for your word like Samson. Lord, loose his hands, loose our hands in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for every area that people in their lives are tied up. God, every person in this room, God, every, per every person that watches online, God, every person that, that'll watch later, God, I thank you right now that every area of their life that is all tied up, that you'll begin the process of just untying them even right now, that Lord will come to an understanding and revelation of the God that is within us is greater than what's going on around us, that Lord, what is within us is bigger and greater and stronger than what's going on around us 
I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, if I ever get loose, that Lord, we'll, we'll leave today, that God will serve you this week with the mentality, God, if I ever get loose, that the, the damage that, we'll, that we will wreak upon the enemy and all of his territory, that the things that we'll take back that has been taken from us, Father, if I ever get loose. So Father, I thank you right now. Lord, we, we, just, we just leave this place with the mentality, God, loose our hands. God, loose every area of our life that is tied up in the name of Jesus. God, every area of restriction, God, every area that we have been restrained in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that it would be loosed in Jesus' powerful name. Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you, God, today for the revelation of your word. That, God, every area where people are tied up, they'll just begin to believe you. That, Lord, you're untying it. They'll, they'll believe that they're being set free from it. And they'll have that mentality, if I ever get loose. If I ever get loose. That, Lord, will become aggressive. And, Lord, will become possessive and not passive about the things that the enemy has done to our families and to those that we love. And the things that he has taken in our life. God, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, if we ever get loose. Now, Father. Father, we're going to leave this place and God, we're going to begin our fast. And Lord, I just pray over 21 days that God, it'll be 21 days of breakthrough. That God, it'll be 21 days of victory. That God, it'll be 21 days of setting us free from things that, Lord, we've been bound to. God, that it'll be 21 days of just seeing you move and seeing you bring forth victory in our lives. That, Lord, you'll be seen. That, God, it'll be 21 days of us calling names before heaven and believing you, God, for people to be saved and people to be set free in the name of Jesus. It'll, it'll be uh, 21 days of miracles, 21 days of healing, 21 days of you. You loosing hands, I pray in the name of Jesus. So Lord, we offer it to you. God, I pray that we'll be fervent, we'll be aggressive, and we'll take it serious and that God will do everything that we can within our power to be men and women of prayer, men, men, men and women of fasting, and men and women that'll give. And Lord, as we do, as we do, we know that Lord, you will do all of the rest. We know that God, you will do all the rest as your word says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. God, as we seek your kingdom, I thank you for all the things that you will do in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, as we prepare to leave this place and log off the internet, Father, I pray that you will bless people's seed that they have sown. God bless the, the seeds that have been mailed in. God bless those who have given by mail. God bless those that will give online. Bless those who will give today. God, would you multiply it back? multiply bring increase into life god even multiply it for this place and they'll be able to do everything that god you've called us to do without lack lacking in no area i pray in the name of jesus in the name of jesus and god we give you glory thanks and honor right now jesus christ your mighty powerful name we pray amen and amen god bless y'all have a beautiful week 